Hi, welcome to After the Crisis with Victoria. On this podcast, we talk about stress, trauma, plain old bad days, and how those events impact the way in which we walk through the world. Everyone needs to be heard, and I am here to listen. Together, we will find realistic, healthy ways to turn our setback into a comeback. If you're a person who has ever endured difficult times, which have left you feeling disconnected from your authentic self, a little bruised, or even a little broken, this podcast is for you. I was uh, praying briefly just as I was brushing my teeth and getting ready for this podcast. And what kept coming up for me is being of this world. As believers, as followers of Christ, we do have one foot on this earth, but we're directed to look at things higher than us. And I was thinking about you earlier and thinking about that you were so earthbound during much of your life and you had all the things that the world claims to be success, right? You had money, you had fame, you had talent, you had adoration from other mortals, but you were lost and miserable. And I was thinking about that earlier. And then as we were praying, I was thinking about the pandemic and how so many people have lost all of the earthly distractions that kept them focused on earthbound things, earthbound thoughts. And I just thought maybe a good topic would be to talk about the difference and how when a lot of those things are taken away from us, something like sports even just having those Saturdays to look forward to where you veg out on the couch and watch your favorite heroes, right? About finding something, especially in times like this, when things like that have been taken away, how to turn our focus onto higher things, things that are not of this realm. That just came to me and I thought you would be the perfect person to discuss that. I'm sure appreciate you even saying that. And this is so prophetic because it's interesting enough that I've been listening to a lot of word lately and I've been reminded of the story of the rich man that Jesus spoke to and asked him that, you know, if you've done all these things, now go get rid of everything else that you have and follow me. That's what's happening right now is the Lord has taken the things away, just like you said, so that mm-hmm. we can see who we really are broken. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. for some reason we kept feeding our flesh with all these different things like when I was a young kid, because of the things that I grew up in and around was my father and domestic violence, the cheating mm-hmm. on my mom and being mm-hmm. a functional alcoholic. To me, the only way I was going to be able to cope and get through life was by creating an identity, not realizing that, no, your identity is received in Christ. I thought it had to be achieved. And so yes. I did every single thing that other kids weren't doing to try to make myself into something. And so I became really successful, really young at fame. And so whenever people would cheer for me or would ask my autographs or would say, oh my gosh, it's Vance Johnson, it would just like fill me, you know. Yes. And so as time went on in my life, that's exactly what I thought was my identity, was who I was. Now, I'm going to fast forward to today. Today, kids' identity are in social media. It's in their mm-hmm. iPhones and their iPads, and it's in how they feel when they go to school and how mm-hmm. someone treats them. And unfortunately, that's what the world has done. And now when you have all the sports and all the television shows and the Netflix and the wonderful restaurants in Las Vegas, so so to speak, to look at every yeah. single day, then that's where we see our feelings and emotions being filled at. And unfortunately, it's a form of idolatry. So, and I'm not yes. here to make people feel bad. I'm just here to tell people that I'm actually really saddened that so many people have died during this pandemic. 
But I'm also glad that God is opening our eyes up to showing us how fast that the normal can just go away and yes. where our focus should be. And I'm hoping that people during this time, as they're broken and losing jobs and relationships are falling apart and people are ODing with drugs and alcoholism mm-hmm. has gone up, domestic mm-hmm. violence has gone like crazy, mm-hmm. and people start to see, maybe I was living in a deceived world anyway. And just like you right. said earlier, you know, God said that you're not of the world, you're just in the world. Yes. And so to me, and I share with everybody, guys, this is just a dressing room for eternity. So what are you going to yes. do while you're here? Absolutely. Yes, I think that's so true. And I always considered myself to be a follower of Christ and a good Christian woman. But I realize now, you know, I developed breast cancer at 47. And I was stripped of my hair, my eyelashes, my breasts. I was, you know, I had a great figure and those were taken away. My reproductive organs were taken. So I, you know, I was just, I looked like a Q-tip, nothing on top, just skinny. And in hindsight, I'm grateful because just like what is happening now in a metaphorical way, I was stripped of everything that had defined me. I defined myself as being an attractive woman uh, with a great figure, a great personality, upbeat, a Pilates teacher. I was strong. I was fit. I was all these things. And all of that was taken away. And I was left just like people today. I was left with just me. Just well, that's me. What, yeah, that's what's so beautiful about what you just now said. And so hopefully with people listening to this and watching, their ears can hear and their eyes can see. What she yes. just shared with you was exactly what the rich man did. Because now, just because Jesus pointed out that it was about his money that he didn't want to let go of, well, we didn't want to let go of our looks, right? right. We didn't want to let go of the things that we felt like defined us. And again, yes. that self-idultery. And so mm-hmm. when you were forced to say, listen, I'm dying. What I'm going through right now, I may lose everything. And when God opened your eyes and the Holy Spirit showed you, no, this yes. is for me. And when you turn yourself back over to the Lord, look what happened mm-hmm. to you. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yes. And and I had I had stopped drinking before I got cancer. And of course, going through treatment thought that I would never, ever want to touch a drop of alcohol again. So imagine my surprise when treatment was over and I was that's when I fell. I I, I thought of you in the canyon. That's when I fell into my pit of despair and depression because I realized, yes, I was broken physically, but I was also broken mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And my coping device had been alcohol. And for a brief period of time, I went back to it. And talk about shame. I'm sure you can relate after being in a coma and almost dying. You know, when you picked up to use again, you were probably thinking, what? in the world am I doing? I just beat death and here I am pouring poison down my throat. That's where I was. And that was where, that was my valley. And it's hard to put into words what God will do when you really submit yourself. And that's a daily thing that we have to do. Sometimes more than once I have to do it several times an hour. But yours is just such a tremendous story. And, and I just, I, while we were praying, I just knew that that was the message we're supposed to share. So Absolutely. let's talk about being earthbound. Because again, you talked about kids and social media. You know, it's proven that whenever they get those likes and things like that on social media, it provides that dopamine rush. Just like that first drink of alcohol, just like that first, you know, whatever. I've never done a lot of drugs, but whatever it is, that first high. And once you feel that, 
It's an unnatural level of dopamine. It's not our brain's normal production. So we keep chasing that and we never catch it again. We never attain it. And I think people associate addiction with just drugs and alcohol, but there's so many layers to it. And to your point, they're altars, they're earthly altars that people are worshiping. So talk a little bit about that, about how you're helping people who are earthbound and, you know, just, just what that, because you of all people were of this earth, you were idolized. You were Oh my goodness, I was. In Mm -hmm. fact, uh, you know, interesting enough, I promise you, if it wasn't for the apostle Paul, who was once Saul and called himself the center of all sinners because he was killing so many Christians because they were following the way of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the Lord met him and knocked him off his horse. I mean, he literally blinded him. And I always tell people this too, in that story, when you think about the story of the apostle Paul and how Jesus revealed himself to him, that Paul mm-hmm. didn't just right away go out and start preaching the word of God. He, mm-hmm. if you do your studies, he went away for three years. And so to me, that's like every single person that is in recovery You just don't go back outside of treatment and say, all of a sudden, I've got this. Yes. And that's the reason why in the scripture, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be preaching to everybody, but that's why God said, it says, he who began a good work in you will see it through. In the beginning, means if they'll see it through, then you don't have it all when you first get it. Just like when you said when you went home and you thought you had it and you had to leave Mm -hmm. that that alcohol and try to cope. Yes. I did the same exact thing. And I'm going to be really transparent. Not only did I lean on the alcohol, again, when I left, thinking I can have control over that, but I had a real problem with my flesh because I was a a lustful person. Mm -hmm. And I'm skipping through all of my story, but it all winds up being because of the underlying issues that I dealt with that I suffered emotionally from the trauma as a child, that the only Mm -hmm. way I was going to get my identity was by relationships. And if someone broke my heart, then shame on you. I'll go find somebody else while I'm still seeing you so that they can feel my flesh so I'll feel good. Yes. And as I started participating in sports and winning and going to represent the United States of America as in a junior Olympics and I won the gold medal, I mean, mm-hmm. I just knew that I was somebody special. And then when I went to the NCAA championships when I was in college, I beat the number one world record holder, Carl Lewis, in long jump as a freshman in college. So all these different things to me were building oh, yeah. realizing that my flesh was going to suffer more and more. And mm-hmm. see, there's something about climbing high up in this world when you get riches and fame and fortune. The only place to go is where when you get to the top. Down. down. Mm-hmm. And I went down in a hurry. And so after 10 years in the NFL, and I'm going to, long story short, several marriages, the addiction that I had to marijuana and to alcohol mm-hmm. and prescription pills because of injuries and so many different relationships. And again, I'm going to be very transparent, guys. I wanted someone to love me so bad because I was so broken. I had three women during my career pregnant at the same time. To this very day, I look back and say, my God, I just wow. thank God that after all this time, I'm finally able to apologize to all of those women mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. had abused emotionally Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple of them physically i was abusive because Mm -hmm. of my feelings and even only recently my children my three sons that are the same age are finally starting to see now that i'm almost seven years clean that i Mm -hmm. meant what i said when i apologized to not only them Mm -hmm. but the moms and to all of the community of colorado for being that famous person that they wanted their children to look up to but just being a dog and a liar and a broken man behind the scenes so In the very beginning of your walk in your recovery, whether it's from 
you know, domestic violence, whether it's from a disease that you were dying with or whether it's from an addiction that you had, it's going to take time because we yes. want to be filled with that Holy Spirit. But because we're just now new in our walk, we don't understand right away because the enemy comes in like a flood to try Oof. to tempt us to go back the wrong way. That yes. it takes time. And we just have to keep having faith and believing. And that everything mm-hmm. you go through in that trial and that tribulation is just going to build you in your recovery. And then you mm-hmm. start realizing, God, is this the whole reason why I had everything I had? Like, for instance, me. So everything that I went through in my childhood, becoming famous eventually and having all this money, all this fame, all these relationships, all of that was so that I could lose it all. That was the whole purpose yes. that I had, was so yes. that I could lose it to my deathbed. And I hope if you get a chance to show me a photo of me in my coma. Yes. Because I used myself into a coma, guys. For 28 days, I was in a coma. And around day 24 is when they told my mother and father that I was, I was going to die and mm-hmm. that they needed to make a decision to pull the plug. Well, my mom and dad couldn't do it, so they asked my children. I had seven kids at the time to get on a conference call. And guess what my kids said? We hate him. Let him die. So what they oh. do is they take the ventilators off of you. They prop you up and they put wires on your body and some oxygen in your nose to just watch you die. But mm-hmm. by the grace of God, on day 28, my eyes opened up. And if That's I can go a little bit further in that story. So when my yes. eyes opened up on day 28, my mother and father came to visit me and they asked me how I was doing. And I said, Mom, Dad, I got to tell you guys something. Did what's her name come to visit me? One of my ex-wives came to visit me. Did so-and-so come to visit me? And did Pastor so-and-so come to pray over me and Pastor so-and-so come? And my mom and dad were like, Vance, they came, but who told you that? You were in a coma. I said, I saw them. When I was in that coma, I saw two of my ex-wives come say their goodbyes to me and two mm-hmm. pastors come pray over me in that coma. And then when I woke up again, the next day, the nurse came in and was asking me if I was hungry. And I was saying, yes, ma'am. I said, can you help me out? I got lost upstairs yesterday or a couple of days ago, and I was trying to figure out how to get back to my room. And she laughed and said, Mr. Johnson, you've been in that bed for 28 days, and you're handcuffed to the bed so you don't pull the things out of your body. Yes. We had not been upstairs. Well, guess what? I told her what was upstairs, and she freaked out and Whoa. said, oh, my God. That's up there, Mr. Johnson, but you have not been out of that bed. So your spirit left your body. My spirit left my body. Not only that, but it's only been recently that I started to realize what I was watching, walking to the bedroom every day to see if I was dead were these demons that were living inside of me when mm-hmm. I was living in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, I, you might say that I'm crazy, but I'm telling you that this life we live in is just a dressing room for eternity. And yes. So what we do in this time in our flesh is to be used to glorify God so that we can lead those out of the darkness that this whole world is living in especially in mm-hmm. the country right now. Yeah. And Vance, you said something in the uh, church testimony that you sent me last week that just came up in my mind. You talked about how you went to church. You never disowned the church. You claimed to be a man of faith. So I'm wondering when these things were happening to you, when, for example, I know the story about the one of the championships where some of the guys couldn't jump or something like that and you got to take their place and you won like all these little plot twists would happen that you would get these opportunities you know and you would win and your career just started escalating and going like this so I'm wondering you know the devil is tricky he doesn't come in with horns and a pitchfork he's real sneaky 
So I'm wondering, you know, did you think those things were like God shots where God had let those things happen and that you were blessed and that you were on this course to success and, you know, filled with all these earthly things, of course. But I'm wondering what that was like because you were, you know, what what was that like? Because I I fall praying to that. I fall fall praying to that. I'm telling you, the things that are coming out of your mouth right now are so prophetic because what you're saying makes so much sense in a realm that people need to really be able to hear this because the enemy comes as an angel of light. And so what I thought ever since I was a child, when all these amazing things were happening to me, there was all just a blessing from God that I was winning these track meets as a child. It was a blessing from God that I was uh, beating some of the best people in the world. It was a blessing from Mm -hmm. God. That I was asked mm-hmm. to travel around the country, and that I, when I started meeting these relationships, I started thinking, "Oh my God, this the Lord is just putting so many women in my life." Yes, yes. And unfortunately, the enemy, because I would read the Old Testament, I would see how King David and all these men had all these wives. Oh, so to me, it justified. <laughs> I didn't want to hear what Jesus said when He said, yeah. <laughs> one "When God is put, woman, to, put together, one like, wife." No yes, <laughs> I wanted to hear the old part, so I was just listening to whatever was making fans feel good. Believe me, right. I was blessed in this world. But you know, the Bible says, and I understand this, that what the enemy means for bad, God means for good. Yes. So just because we thought those blessings were coming from the Lord, believe it or not, they actually were because he knew at one point, once we fell yes. and we lost it all, if we truly were one of his, then we would yes. be able to see that everything that I've done in my life was all just mm-hmm. a lie. Thinking that yes. God was blessing me and I was taking advantage of everything thinking that he yes. was going to give me whatever I wanted. So he was mm-hmm. going to do things on my turn. Mm-hmm. And so um, I believe it or not, and that's the reason why the, the, the Bible clearly talks about, you know, we only really can see a little bit sometimes. Sometimes we can't see anything at all. And mm-hmm. we keep on going with what man believes instead of what yes. God says we're supposed to believe. And that's yes. the reason why it's so hard during these times right now where, and this is not to talk down to anybody, but people are believing a lot of lies when they are listening to Scripture thinking that God is okay with them living in their sin while right. being so successful and so wealthy. And I don't ever want to go that far again in my life. No, I agree. I have found blessings in the losses that I've suffered, the sacrifices that I've made. Right. I can't turn, I can't lean on those crutches anymore. But people who see me now, they actually say that they see a light in me they've never seen before. You know, they see, and, and the things that, I never thought I'd be a podcaster, but the things that come to me, I know they're not mine. I'm just a, just like you. I'm just here. I'm just saying what I'm led to say. So, you're a vessel. Um, yeah, you are, you a, are vessel. a vessel. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why what I'm hearing come out of you right now is the Holy Spirit. Because oh yeah, a lot of people don't talk like this. And so I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'll, I guarantee you this. Whatever you're doing right now was the Lord showing you that. Just like when Jesus Christ oh, had to yes. go down and find his disciples and he found them fishing, mm-hmm. they used fishing nets back then, didn't they? Yeah. Well, guess, guess what net you're using to fish with? <laughs> the internet. My little, my little internet. Oh, I love the that. <laughs> and you're going to reach a lot more people than you could reach yep. if you just had to go travel around the country on the airplane to share. That's right. Right now, people are going to be able to hear what you have to say and you mm-hmm. are the light. I'm looking at you, see the light in your eyes. So I sure appreciate you you allowing the Lord to use it during this time. And I can also tell this, that you're probably going through a lot of tough things right now, but -hmm. you're glorifying it like the Bible says. Mm -hmm. You're using those hard times to allow Jesus Christ's strength, which the Bible says, 
let my strength show in your weakness. Yes. Well, I'd like to remind someone of something and you can help me collaborate on this message. But yes, I am going through some hard times and I've gone through some hard times with my cancer and everything, but I'm healthy today. Praise Jesus. And, you know, I say to people, I never asked God to spare me. I never asked him why, why me? I mean, why not me? You know, there is suffering in this life. It just is. And we don't get to pick and choose which suffering we get. It's not our place to compare our suffering to somebody else's. This world has suffering in it. I never said to Jesus, please save me. Please save me. Of course, I did some bargaining. You know, let me see my kids graduate from, let me see them get married. I did a little bargaining. But what I'd like to say to people is, you're not going to see God come down and stand in front of you and save you. But if you ask for the willingness and you ask for the scales to be taken from your eyes, you will find angels in human form. They will walk, they will cross your path, you know? And so what I heard from you that day on that interview, that was, you were one of my earth angels. I needed to hear what you said. And during my cancer journey, just the strangest things kept happening. And since I've started this podcast, just the strangest things keep happening. So people are looking for hope. They're looking for, you know, God to send a sign. And I think, and I'm sure you can agree with this, just open your eyes and ask for the willingness to see. Because if you're looking around this earth, you're not going to find any blessings. You're going to find a lot of darkness, a lot of sin, a lot of people who want to tear you down. But if you ask for the willingness to see God's light, right around you, it will show up. And sometimes it's going to knock you off your feet. Oh, Isn't absolutely. that right? That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, the Lord, you know, even when Jesus was came to this earth and he left mm-hmm. his glory in heaven to take on flesh, not only did he take on flesh, but he became a bondservant. Literally, yes. he went from being glorified down to literally nothing. And the yes. scripture clearly says, if you start to read through it, my friends, that those who actually humble themselves will be the ones that will be exalted. Yes. And here in this world, especially America, we like to self-exalt ourselves. Yes. And that way we know that we're somebody, but it's actually just the opposite. So those so, of you who are listening that are broken right now, I'm mm-hmm. glad you're broken because that's the only way the Lord's going to be able to reveal himself through you. People yes. want him to do all these signs and wonders so that we can see it when actually he wants to reveal himself through us now. Yes. Right. And Absolutely. that's why Jesus Christ came and made the disciples and asked us to go out across the world and share that hope. And every one of his apostles ended up being broken men, but still mm-hmm. shared the glory and the hope in Christ. So everybody mm-hmm. who's struggling right now, I need to tell you that's exactly where you need to be so that when you humble yourself, you can turn towards the Lord and he'll hear you. Mm-hmm. Just because I was making those touchdowns and 85,000 fans were going crazy and I pointed up in the sky and said, yeah, that's for you, Lord. Uh-huh. No, that was for me. That was for you. Yeah, I get it. And that leads me to my next question. So listen, guys, the people who are listening right now, I mean, look at little old me. I'm sitting here talking to Vance Johnson, like, wow, what a big deal. What a big deal. But because on this earth, you were celebrated as a big deal. I'm a big football fan, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I went to Florida State during the Bobby Bowden years. So I love football. Oh, yeah. I love some football. But tell our listeners. Describe a morning waking up as the exalted Vance Johnson. Describe a morning back then and knowing that you were going to hear thousands of people screaming your name, waving your number, and then describe 
your mornings now where you wake up and it's just you, maybe your wife, some kids, maybe a dog or two, but it's just you and the Lord. Tell me the difference of those feelings. Tell me about waking up on each of those days. Okay. Well, that's going to be really easy to share with you. So when you watch my highlight films and when you look at me during my career, all you saw was the edited version of me. Because my only reality was when I was on the football field, knowing that I would play even through injuries. And sometimes when I was high, I played even better because it was about how you made me feel when I scored touchdowns. But once it got close to the end of the game and I ended up making that winning touchdown, I was already trying to figure out how I was going to deal with my emotions and how broken I was. And nobody could tell. I was going to go get drunk. I was going to go find another relationship. I was going to go cheat on a wife. Guys, mm-hmm. one time after one of my ball games, I went out with my friends and it was around two o'clock in the morning and the young ladies that I was supposed to meet there ended up leaving a little earlier when I had to drop a friend off. And so I ended up sleeping with somebody that night, getting pregnant. I was drunk. I remember driving and I was going about 100 miles an hour. I got in a car accident. And the ambulance came and took me to the hospital. You won't read about this because they kept it a secret back then. They didn't have social media. Exactly. Right. They took me to the hospital and I was so high that the cops were coming to do a test with me. But I told the doctor, he knew I was Vance Johnson. They hid me by the morgue. The hospital hid me by the morgue on dead bodies. So the cops couldn't find me inside the hospital. I was so broken. When When the season was over with, I leaned on. Any type of addiction, whether it was my fleshly addiction to mm-hmm. lust, to alcohol, to different types of drugs, to just even wake up in the morning. So you never saw, and I never saw anything when I woke up in the morning back then. Everyone thought mm-hmm. they were excited about seeing Vance Johnson, but Vance Johnson wasn't excited about anything except for right. hopefully killing himself. Do you know after one of my Super Bowls, guys, I came back to my $1.7 million house and I was up in my closet trying to kill myself. My mother wow. called me and said, the Lord put you in my mind, son. And I said, mom, you just saved me because I was cutting my wrist. This is one of my accidental times right here trying to kill myself. Mm. I was out of my freaking mind when I was playing football. I was never happy at all. It was only when mm. I was feeding my flesh that I made myself feel good. But now, after I first got clean, I knew that I had a long road to go because there are so many temptations that the enemy kept oh, bringing yeah. to me. That mm-hmm. sometimes I would slip, but I would realize that that was a sin. And so I would repent, I would apologize, and I'm going to be very transparent with you guys again. Three times when I first got clean, I had to ask God to not allow me to cheat against him. Therefore, I wouldn't cheat on the person that I was with. Mm-hmm. And he had to literally block those things in my life so that I wouldn't cheat on somebody. And God will. God will if you yes. ask. If you, you have to be ready to face it. You got to be ready to face it because if it can you hurt come and humbly, it can be hard. If you, mm-hmm. if you come humbly. And because we're on your show and you can't erase this, I'm just to be honest with you guys. He literally chopped my stuff off so my stuff didn't work anymore. Wow. So, <laughs> well, not chop it off, but he chopped yeah, off. Yeah, no, figuratively. <laughs> I know. We don't, not literally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I even call myself a eunuch now, but. <laughs> that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole other story. I just wanted to hear by the Lord, guys. And there was nothing in my flesh that, that made me feel like I was doing anything really to exalt myself except for yes. myself feel good. And every time I fell, I fell really hard. And so now when I wake up every morning, the first thing I do before I take my phone to look and see how many likes I got on my page that I have 25,000 followers, 
I don't go to that. I get on my knees, either in my bed or out of my bed, and I just thank God for waking me up. Yes. And I ask him to use me today any way that you can, Lord. And ironically enough, here at the Vance Johnson Recovery Center, we're starting to take clients again. We had to shut down because of the coronavirus for a while. Mm-hmm. Because we weren't accreditation yet. So now we're starting to take clients again. So I picked up our second client today. And when we were driving back to the Vance Johnson Recovery Center, he started to pr- profess his faith. And he is so broken right now. And he talked about a brother of his that ended up dying in a um, OD not too long ago because his girlfriend ended up killing herself. I mean, uh-huh. this is really serious. But he said wow. that he know God has a plan for him. And when he gets clean, he wants to go out and share hope with people that are struggling with their addiction. Mm-hmm. And I tell every person that's struggling with an addiction or something that their body was shutting down, that mm-hmm. once they're free from that bondage, you need to use that because, believe it or not, it was a gift. Yes. That problem you had was a gift so that you can go out and share hope. God's mm-hmm. ways, he said, my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts are your thoughts. Oh, no. And so that's why we have to really believe and have faith that in this broken flesh. Jesus Christ came to die and take on this broken flesh so he can show us freedom from it. Amen. And the enemy wants us to live in shame. I'm contributing to an anthology that's coming out September 1st. It's a compilation of of stories of hope of people who struggled with substances. You think the enemy wants me to go out there and tell people, I was a mother for, I drank too much. I got cancer. Then I drank again. And then I surrendered to Jesus. And then I let him take the, take the driver's seat. That is scaring him. And Ooh. he is planting so many thoughts, trying to plant so many thoughts in my head. You know, oh, people are going to judge you. You're a mother. You, you can't admit those things. All those little things. And you know what? I just shake my head and I say, get away from me. Wow. You know get what? Away you, and I, you and I parallel because I've, yep. I've spoken to churches all over the country. Mm-hmm. And there is a church and a friend. I won't mention him right now. But he actually uh-huh. was thinking about taking me on to his ministry. But uh-huh. he was kind of rebuking me and saying, your story, you don't want people out there in the audience yeah. listening to all that. It's a they rough might one. judge you. <laughs> they might right. judge you. And I was like, what about the Apostle Paul? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And that, yes, right. When you look at the main characters in the Bible, those guys had some dirt on their skirts. I mean, they denied, they denied Jesus. I mean, I'll, I'll, yes, so. exactly. They kind of make us look like lightweights. <laughs> and that's why I like, and I'm sure you'll like this. Uh-huh. I'm so glad that my ministry are not to inspire athletes to go be great and famous and successful. It's yes. to inspire the broken, that there's a way out of that brokenness. By Absolutely. Following right. Because if we don't show them, they'll never believe it. Never. I could have right. very easily hidden behind, you know, my life. And everyone thought I was fine. But, you know, people viewed me as a champion. Like, oh, look at her. She's so strong. She beat cancer. and. Da, 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 da. they didn't know what was going on and I could have kept it that way. Yeah. I could have made my podcast just about surviving cancer and you know, what to do to stay healthy and all these other things. I, I have a degree would, that I had would paid, They would have paid and you for it. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I knew that wasn't the whole story yeah. and it took a lot of prayer and a lot of, I'm taking a big leap of faith by doing this, but I know in my heart, it's the most right thing I've ever done. And, yeah, when I was in treatment, someone told me, and I didn't understand it quite until after I got out. <laughs> they said, "Man, you need to know something. The devil's out there doing push-ups, waiting for you to leave." Isn't when that left, the truth? When I first left treatment, I had <laughs> so much temptation that was thrown in front of me that mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that it was the enemy trying to figure out how to make me feel good about myself again, yes. so that I could fall back off into my sin. 
So it takes a lot of time. So I want people to know. And let me share this too. So when I was young, we had this exercise that we would do in school where you get a cup of dirt and you have to plant a seed in it. Yeah. And you have to water that, that seed until the plant starts to grow out. When that plant starts to grow out, you just can't pull the plant out and go set it down on top of the table. You can't mm-hmm. just leave it there and not water it anymore, right? Well, that's you in your early walk in your recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's you in your early walk in your walk with Christ. You're yes. just a baby plant. And so when you do get replanted, you need to plant yourselves around other people that are believers, other people that yes. are in recovery, and you need to keep watering it so that you yes. continue to grow and bloom and mm-hmm. just really start being the light and the salt of the earth. Yes, I completely agree with that. A good friend of mine, a woman that I pray with often and, and has helped me a lot in my journey, she told me something that sticks with me. She says, the devil is sneaky and he is always waiting for you. I mean, he'll chase you hard, especially once you get on the right path, he's going to chase cool. you. But keep one thing in mind. He's got an old, tired playbook. <laughs> I'm going to use that he's, one. <laughs> yep. He's got an old, tired playbook that he's been playing since the beginning of time. That's right. There's nothing new. I find that empowering because our God has no limits, and the devil does. He's got no new tricks up his sleeve. He's going to prey on your flesh. He's going to prey on your fears. He's going to prey on your insecurities. And it's a short playbook. It's like peewee football. Exactly. (laughs) And and think about it. His playbook has always been the same since the very beginning. Yes. Exactly. He tempted them with their flesh. Yes. Like you said, there's nothing new. The only way he can get us now is by the same playbook. He tempts us with flesh. Right. And if we use the word, our playbook never dies. It never dies and it's endless. And so I actually get a kick out of that because whenever those things come after me, I know it's him. And I'm like, that same old tired trick. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he tries it every single day. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's got nothing new. So I just think it puts it in perspective, you know, of how limited he really is and how great our God is. And that if we tap into that source, we've got it all. We've Absolutely. got everything we need. I thank you for sharing that with me about what it was like waking up as a football player versus waking up now. Yeah. And I hope people will listen to that because the things on this earth are not the things that are going to make us happy. Yeah, the things on this earth are temporal. And we're supposed to look at those things to come, not the things that mm-hmm. are seen, but the things that are unseen. And that's how yes. I live every single day. And just like the Apostle Paul, the more you study him, he didn't mm-hmm. get better and more popular as time went on. He actually got lower and started to realize just how dirty yes. he was. Yes. So don't look to see yourself as some great person. Look to mm-hmm. see Christ in you so that you can feel and know that who Christ is in me is who I need to be because that's who I want God to see when it's time for that judgment. That's right. That's Christ right. Me, not dancing me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to be wearing a jersey to yeah. the pearly and games. Normally I have my Super Bowl <laughs> rings on to get people's attention, but I didn't wear them today. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're still cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're, and mainly, they're an excuse to get someone's ear in your eyes so that I can be able to open up and share with them who I am. In Absolutely. Life. Yeah. And I think that is totally okay to use your notability and face and name to get people's attention. Absolutely. And what a shock when you start talking. They must be like, whoa, wait. <laughs> My kids, and I'm going to get into this really quick. So yeah. 
when I first got clean, none of my children wanted to talk to me because I had abandoned all of my kids. Mm-hmm. I never raised my children up. I thought they should be happy that their dad was famous and danced constantly. But right. I didn't raise my daughters up to be young ladies. I didn't raise my sons up to know how to treat a woman. Mm-hmm. So all my kids were in their 20s when I got clean and not one of them wanted to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people this, don't think just because you go home after treatment that you need to expect everyone to all of a sudden forgive you and know that you're a true correct that you're going to be right the rest of your life. i correct. said you, you need to tell them this i'm sorry for what i've done to you but i don't want you to believe anything i want you to let me prove it yes and so for the last seven years i've continued to be transparent on my facebook page because i know my children and my exes have friends who follow me and they mm-hmm. go back and say answer's not changing wow this is real wow and do you know all of my children except for one has come back to say dad i forgive yeah. you what you've I'm done. so glad for all of my kids except for one and my one daughter her name is Paris Vanoy so if any of you know my daughter Paris Vanoy she lives in Denver Colorado she's actually pretty famous and a beautiful young little model please tell her that daddy is sorry and that mm. I really want to ask her for her forgiveness and to let me come and just get on my knees in front of her and tell her daughter I'm sorry that daddy left you when you were just a child mm. I will pray for that <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, mm-hmm. some of you may have heard this part of my story, but what got me off the cliff with uh, my addiction and to near death was one day when I was living on the Western Slope of Colorado, I had uh, my own restaurant. And one of my sons, who was my oldest son, came to spend time with me. And his name is Vaughn, an amazing young man. Well, he tried to reach me one day because his father, just his grandfather rather, had just died of cancer. And he couldn't get a hold of me. And so because I was either whoring myself or using, he ended up taking his motorcycle because his car had broken down. And my son, guys, he got killed that night. That very night, my son died. And it was my fault. Because if I was a father, I would have lent my car to my son or I was taking him over to see his mother. Mm-hmm. His grandfather just died. And so that kind of really started my mm-hmm. downfall with my addiction, even though I had been using for about 20 mm-hmm. years. Then for the next three years, that's when I used myself into that coma. Yeah, that just poured gasoline on it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was horrible. And the only thing we do, and I know your viewers will be able to parallel this, when we hurt, we try to go get away from ourselves. Now, many oh, yeah. Of us, many of us mm-hmm. need different additions to try to get out of me. Yes, I'm just now finishing up my certification with Annie Grace and This Naked Mind. Congratulations. And Thank you. Thank you. I felt led to do it. I'm actually part of one of her, this is her second coaching class, but the other one was just a three-day weekend certification. This has been six months and it's been something, but my niche is actually going to be helping people whose addiction, drinking in this case, was they can kind of pinpoint back to a trauma or a crisis because that's what happened to me. I was a normal drinker and then my mother died. There was a lot of trauma around it. I had to make that call to take her off the machines and everything. And that's when my drinking started to take off. And every time something would happen, I had a son who was addicted to drugs. I have a daughter with mental illness that was unstable at times. My other daughter was sexually assaulted in college. Every time one of those things would happen, instead of turning to recovery and turning to God and letting him take that pain, I would just drown it, drown it in alcohol. And that's what's happening around this entire country right now. Yes. And that's yes. why people need to know the enemy comes in to kill, steal, and destroy. And look what he did in the heavens. 
He started yes. war in the heavens. He tried to break the family up of God in mm-hmm. the heavens. And so when he got his right. butt kicked out, he came down to earth to do the same exact thing. Right. His playbook is the same. It's the same. Yes. So God bless you. So, now, yeah. are, you doing, are you doing Zooms uh, virtual or are you meeting people in person? How are you doing your, your class? Right now it's virtual. I live in Denver. So I'll be doing most of it online. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to inviting you because when, when we start filling yes. my place up, I would love to invite you. Just let me know what to charge so I can have you start oh. sharing some hope with some of our of people course. that are going to be here. Of course. It's just right. service. Thanks. I'll do that just for service, of course. So, you know, we got into this. We, we opened this call by praying, and then we just took off. I didn't do my formal intro or anything. But uh, in case you guys hadn't caught on, this is Vance Johnson. <laughs> I usually do a little, I read a bio and everything else. We just, we just let the Holy Spirit take us over and what a ride. So I know you're opening your recovery center and I just want the listeners and viewers to know that I'm going to have all these links online. I know that you wrote a book. Tell us the name of that book and where people can find it. Well, guys, just in case you didn't know exactly who I am, my name is Vance Johnson. <laughs> I, I am one of the three amigos. I yes. played football with the Denver Broncos for 10 years <laughs> and was uh, blessed to go to three Super Bowls and play with the great John Elway and Shannon Sharp and Steve Atwater and Carl Mecklenburg, all the guys that played in the 80s and 90s and uh, all the Super Bowls that we went to. And so that's me. Yeah, <laughs> but again, all you saw was the edited version. In fact, that was the only real me. What you saw on the field, because off the field, exactly. But who I am now today is uh, yes. a person in recovery, seven years free from the bondage of different types of addictions, whether it's from alcohol to drugs to pornography. Mm-hmm. I grew mm-hmm. up around an abusive background, so I learned a lot because I suffered with a lot of mental illness when I went to get treatment. And by mm-hmm. God's grace, walking this thing out, it's about sharing hope. So now I just travel around the country. I've just now opened up the Vance Johnson Recovery Center, believe it or not, in Las Vegas, Nevada. We didn't get into that story, <laughs> but I lost yeah. so much here that I was even held hostage one time by one of the casinos. So that oh, means boy. you're going to have to read the book to get the rest of that Oh, now that's yes. not a teaser. So, so I hey, wrote a look. book that's called Uncovered, and it talks about how becoming less became everything. Because to me, it was about losing everything to really find Mm -hmm. who I was. And it's so ironic how even the scriptures say, Jesus said, if you really want to find yourself, you have to die to yourself. So by losing myself is how I found myself in that identity of Christ Jesus. And I just want to share hope and just offer a way for anybody who's suffering out there to get help. Now, and I always preface this, there are many roads to recovery, many, Mm -hmm. many roads. But because I'm a man in faith, I want my brothers and sisters who are in the church and who are suffering and who are kind of hiding behind the Bible with their addiction. Mm-hmm. I'm here to break stigma. God gave you the tools and he gave you everything that you need so that you can be free from that bondage. He gave you mm-hmm. the power of self-control. And so once you are broken enough to accept Christ in you, then you'll see how he died so that you can be free from sin and addiction. Amen. And listen, Amen. whether you guys watch bands play on your TV, whether you saw him in the stadiums, whether you have some of his playing cards, you may be meeting the real Vance for the first time today. You are meeting the real Vance because I had to die yep. myself to find myself. And so this is the real Vance. Yep. I'm really transparent. So if people even want to reach out to me on my Facebook yep. page, please do because I'll talk to you. Oh, yeah. That's how I reached you. It took me uh, three weeks to, to get up the nerve. And then I just said, you know what? He's, he's, he's a human, flesh and bones, just like me. Amen, and uh, you replied right away. So I'm great. so I love grateful. Colorado. I'm hoping to move back home to Colorado oh, yeah. and open another center up out there. There you go. 
Well, you got a buddy. I want to come home and fix what I helped break. You will. Yeah. You will. That's awesome. This has been incredible. Thanks for listening to After the Crisis with Victoria. For more about me, how I can serve your needs, and links to our special guests, please subscribe to this podcast and visit victoriaenglishmartin.com. Also, come on over to our free Facebook group and join our community after the crisis with Victoria. I'm offering access to fun, healthy, and thought-provoking content. Additionally, you'll find exclusive programs, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. Until next time, count your blessings, not your burdens. And remember, there is life after the crisis.